welcome and thank you for joining us for anything and everything rock and roll. <laughs> of course, with a little bit of ADD. I'm Zach. I'm TJ. And, and I'm Robin. And everything is all messed up on my end. <laughs> and you're listening to Rock Detention. Uh, hold, please. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, I am all Max Headroom over here. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you are. Um, okay. Awesome. So let's let's see what this does. I don't know what the heck went on. Like, I had this all fixed. <laughs> and... Uh, we're just going to do that for now, and I'm just going to look pasty white, and I'm going to figure the camera thing out. So, This is great. Are you going to switch over to your uh, webcam? Yeah, I'm going to switch over to my webcam, because uh, okay. that's all I really can do right now. Uh, I love it. All right. Whoa. All right. Looks good. My Looks good. On. There we go. I look pasty, and <laughs> that's great. You look like a big brown box. Randy, you're technically not here yet, brother. I don't know what you're talking about. We're not. You're not on screen yet. <laughs> Wait until we introduce you. Good. Him. Am I on audio? Yeah, your audio's on. Shit. Shh. I'm not talking. Nobody knows. Welcome oh, back. You're good. That's hysterical. I'll wait. Oh man, TJ, what's going on, man? You catch me up with your know. life while Ryan's figuring. Ryan, while uh, wow. uh, Robin is figuring out his life. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, I don't know, man. My eyeliner's gonna run from the start of this, so I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll retouch it up. Absolutely, dude. Uh, well, I'll catch you up with me and Robin's life when Robin's back on here because here. him and I have actually uh, been. Uh, well, we can't see ya. you. You well, you can't. They can. So, they can. Yeah. Oh, so oh, so I'm gonna look at a brown paper bag. Yep, you're gonna be the entire night. It's a guitar. That's thank right. you. I just flipped the camera up so you're seeing the bottom of my acoustic. Okay, well, it looks like a brown paper bag. But anyway, You're a brown um, paper bag. Gar, I don't like that I can't see. I know it's weird. Um Well, okay, TJ, catch us up, man. You've been traveling a lot. Uh yeah, I took a little break here, but I was yeah, did the I guess since we last talked, uh what? Denver Christmas. Denver, Vegas, Florida. Wow. Dude, no, you've traveled way I have so many see you by texts. Yeah, that's just there and back, though. Late for for so everyone understands. Whenever TJ travels, he always texts the group uh, a, a video uh, of, of it's Ace Ventura, right? Jim Carrey, it's cable Jim, guy. Yeah, that's it. Cable guy, righteous, righteous, and uh, the see you by scene, and uh, uh, and that's that's how we know when he's safely made it and when he's traveling. So thank you for that, TJ. We do appreciate you. I try. Absolutely. Well, Robin and I, we, uh, uh, what, what was that, last weekend, weekend before last? Three weeks ago. Or two weeks. Three weeks already? Uh, technically, yeah. I don't think it's been technically, three. Technically, we're in the third week from it, so two and oh, weeks in a day. <clears throat> well, Thank time, you for getting technical, Robin. Time, time moves quick. It's weird not seeing your face. I know, uh, I'm working on it, I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't think it's going to work. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Our producer, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so he, he's doing great he really is robin we love you brother hey so robin and i we we played a show uh you probably saw on our social medias uh we went to florida uh a couple of weeks ago i uh, played with an artist uh mr aaron ellis and uh and there we we got to hang with the guests that we actually have tonight mr randy cook uh we had two we were also with two other previous guests uh, uh daniel knight 
and um, Dave, Dave Felice. Felice? Felice? Felice, What's, call the Felice. Felice, call the Felice, that's right. So it, it was a blast, man. We were out there for four days, and uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I had a lot of fun. Robin. I had a lot of fun. Good. Still... <laughs> How's it going over there, buddy? It's, it's like it's like talking to a rock. I know it's weird. It's, it's like... It, like you know, it, it's 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 par for the course, honestly, because it seems like everything is like kind of working lately, but then there'll always be that one piece of equipment that's just like, nah, we don't want to work today. I'm like, touche. So we can get well, through the you... gig, but uh... sure. Well, do you want to give an intro for our guest? Yes, as I look like a, I look terrible. Like if you go to YouTube right now, I look. You look like Rob, a brown bag. Robin the Rock. Robin the Rock. Um, so we're just gonna work with it. We're gonna go with it, guys. Um, but our guest tonight our. is is beyond. I'd like. It's how do you introduce someone with the credits that he has? How do you introduce someone who's just as cool as he is? with the shit that he's done. And, I guess we're about to find out. Um, you know, he's played with everybody from Ringo Starr to Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics to uh, Kelly Clarkson and one of our favorites on here, Honeymoon Suite. But uh, he's, he's a, you know, in my opinion, he's a living legend. So let's, let's bring him on. This is, uh, this is our guest, Randy Cook. Oh, thank you guys. Oh. Am I so am I now on like You're you're oh. on, but you're in TJ's spot because again, things don't want to work for me. So Yes. Yeah, you just you're just a brown rectangle. Yep, it's all good. We'll make it work. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <clears throat> How you doing, Randy? It's good to see you, brother. Oh, good to see you, Zach. TJ nice. Robin sorta. Yeah, I, I saw you. <laughs> well, I'm in Zach's spot bit. now. We'll get it. I just put my square over Robin's square, so now uh I feel like I'm talking to myself. But hey, anyway. so the the Kelly Clarkson uh, um, credit is just recording. Just thought I'd say that. Well, yeah, but oh, you just thought I'd throw you, that out there right out the gate. But you you uh, just you, recording. Yeah, you've been on the recording five. You know, I should have said five for fighting. There you go. Five for fighting, absolutely. Kobe Kelly. Yes. Kobe. For your sure. list goes on and on, and it's it's like frustrating how long your list is because I'm just like, there's so <laughs> many questions. It's literally four pages for I those got answers. Know. I got answers. Um, <clears throat> well, Robin, Robin had several. I mean, as did all of us, have some jaw dropping. Uh, you fixed it? Yeah. Well, no, I, I got the <laughs> I got the squares where everybody needs to go. So everybody oh, everybody oh. is where their <laughs> name is. All right. Oh, dude, I'd be honored to be under Randy's spot. Just put his name <laughs> under mine. Yeah. Put, yeah. put me on top of Randy. I don't care. Put him on top of me. I don't care. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you. I think, Thank you. I think Natasha would would be a little frustrated. If, <laughs> I, I, I think she'd understand. Okay. It's true. <laughs> so. Well, Robin, I, I think all of us have some jaw dropping moments uh, from reading this uh, particular. You know what? Actually, before we get into the list, I this is this this episode is going to be unlike any other episode that we've ever done um, because I I do basically just want to go through the list. <laughs> I'm here. You let's know, do it. Let's and, go through and, it. Uh, uh, but, but before we go there, I, I, let's do the typical hour interview in two minutes. You know, all the. Right. All right. All right. When all did right. you start drumming? Why did you start drumming? When did you start touring? That kind all of right. stuff. Do you, do, does my turn now? Okay. So uh, I was like 
practically born with drumsticks in my hand. My dad was a snare drummer in a, in the Toronto Scottish pipe band. So there were drums and sticks lying around uh, all the time. I didn't, interestingly enough, so I, I was like messing around with rudiments all the way up through, through, through my uh, 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 years until uh, when I was about 12, I got into a drumming corps. I didn't want to wear a skirt, so I didn't want to join a, a pipe band. So I did one of those marching bands. Uh, sort of a junior marching band. And uh, so again, it was utilizing rudiments and all that stuff. So my hands were really develop, developing. And then I was a late starter. Like, you know, you think about all the things that kids have these days to start. You know, they got YouTube and like, you know, all of these social media outlets to to learn an instrument. Whereas I didn't have that because it was the 1800s. So I, I didn't get my first drum set till I was 15. So I really didn't really, you know, I played on drum sets and band classes and stuff where you could just run up and go sit on a drum kit for two minutes before you got kicked off. But I, by, uh, I got my first drum kit at 15, and that summer I started playing in my first uh, band. It was a funk band called Phase Four, funk and reggae band. Yeah. Righteous. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and, and that was at 15, you said? 15. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I think so it's crazy that you were rudimenting at such an early age because usually doesn't that start in like eighth grade and band? Yeah, no, totally, totally. I, I, you know, I remember my dad teaching me like the long roll when I was like six, like, you know what I mean? I, I had that advantage for sure. Like, so I did start, you know, learning sort of hand stuff when I was super young. Uh, but, uh, I wish that I, I had started drum kit when I was six, like some kids. Now you go to Nam and you see these kids walking around and it's just mind blowing. Uh, you know, how Absolutely. advanced they are at such a young age, and you know, because they have all of this access to, to sure. you know, not just instruments, but you know, uh, sources for for learning and stuff like that. Anyway, so uh, neither here nor there. I started when I was fifteen. Right, right. Well, and, and you come from a musical family, yeah. So yeah. music was yeah. in your blood. Yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah. Righteous. And when did you start touring? At fifteen? Uh, right out of high school. Yeah, I mean, like I had the odd uh, day job, you know, worked at a pizzeria to to, to save for my first uh, uh, nice drum set. But really, I knew what I wanted to do when I was 12, 13, 14. I just knew it. I just wanted to be a musician. I wanted to play drums. You know, I had all the same aspirations that we all have, whether I wanted to be in a band. I don't I think at, at, at a younger age, you just want to be in a band. You don't think like at 13, you're like. I want to be a session guy. Like that's not even, in, sure. you know, in, in the, on the palette, but um, yeah, I just wanted to play music. And, and interestingly enough, the, you know, for the first easily five, six, seven years of me playing drums, I only played funk and reggae. I was the only white kid in an all black funk band. So, so in Toronto, so I was, I was, you know, getting noticed for that. It was, you know, like uh, it unorthodox for me to be, you know, had this long hair and I looked like a rocker guy, but I was playing, you know, cool in the gang and, and Bob Marley. And, you know, so that's, it's, you know, it's my, my it's my first uh, love, my passion. Then because my hair got long, I got rock calls. So I already had, you know, the, the look was starting to catch up. Sure. To the genres. Who was your first big rock call? Uh, big rock call. Well, I think, uh, when I was 19, I got a, uh, my drum teacher at the time, Rick Gratton, uh, a brilliant Toronto guy. Um, 
he recommended me for a blue, it wasn't rock, but I mean, it was a blues gig and his guy's name was Long John Baldry. He was a very famous blues artist, British blues artist. And without sight unseen, no auditions, no nothing. I just got thrown into that gig. And then I, and you know, I was touring, touring uh, um, Canada and the US with Long John Baldry. And then for rock, I mean, probably uh, uh, a really big rock artist in Canada, Lee Aaron, she's a metal artist. Um, and then Rick Emmett from Triumph around that same time, 89, 90. Uh, That's I was, a good year, uh, by the way. <laughs> Great year, best <laughs> and, year. And, 89. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? So, uh, yeah, uh, Rick had just left Triumph and uh, was starting his solo career. And I, I was there right from the beginning. So I got to tour with them and, and record the new, you know, I recorded a bunch of records with them and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. I thought, uh, dude. Man. It, and, and did you ever – when did you – I'm trying to word this. Would you? Is it safe to say that that you are mainly a hired gun? Like you, like you love yeah. playing with everybody? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's so exactly <laughs> – yeah. When did you – did you always want to be a hired gun? No. Or did you originally no, I want, want to be with I a big band? I wanted to be in a band – you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I have a, an act now – that um, uh, I started with uh, some some buddies that uh, that live in Moscow actually. So my I I, I have a band, that, but it's really tough to to do a local gig because all three of them are in Moscow. So oh, so shoot. <clears throat> you know, as far as 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 growing up and and you know the trajectory that I think I I think that all of us I think everybody that plays an instrument when they're young that's what they that is the one goal that's in front of you. It's like, I want to be in a band, you know, where you're, you know, all, um, three musketeers, four musketeers. And so that never leaves you, you know, literally. I mean, just, a, you know, three, four years ago, I started in with uh, um, my pals in Moscow, you know, and I still love the feeling of that. You know what I mean? I love sure. I love the feeling of of collaborating and, and, you know, the, you know, just the family sort of vibe, you know. Was this all digital, or or did you go over there? And no, they them? they came here. They've been here. They they came here uh, every year for at least three years. So they come here. They'd stay. We would do a showcase or two. We would do a lot of recording, and right now on. it's in you know yeah. So it's still a work in progress. It's like a studio band because we didn't sure. never never toured. We didn't have like an opportunity yet, but it's super fucking cool. Like it's cool shit, and it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay, so we yeah, we, we got our we got our first question. Thanks, Tosh. Uh, how did you become a part of a band if the other members are in Russia? <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, I actually was just hired as a, as a, a gun to play on their first recording by the producer. And the producer, uh, um, uh, his name is uh, Damon Elliott. He's uh, uh, the son of a very famous um, uh, singer named Dion Warwick. Wow. And he, he, was, he was producing you know, five or six tunes. And I just got hired to do the drums. And I met him in, a, in, in the studio in LA and we became great friends and always kept in touch. So, um, you know how paths sort of cross and paths, you know, go their own ways. They started looking at other producers and, and, and other people to work with, but I always kept in touch with them. Cause I was like, I just love the stuff that I played on. So eventually it was like, 
should we be a band? Should this be a band? We should be a band, right? Like you, we shouldn't just hire you every time we come to LA. Let's be, let's make this a group effort. We want your input on the songs we want to like. And so that's what happened. That's exactly. And so we're, you know, now we're, we're, you know, doing the best we can through FaceTimes and stuff to try and work on music and stuff like that. And, and, uh, but you know, you can tell that the, the challenges are there, you know? Yeah. Well, it can still happen, man. That's how that's how it happened. Yeah, that's how it happened. It's well, just like it started as a studio project. A little less challenging than you know twenty years ago or so. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least we have yeah, at least we have this medium now that you can see someone's face except Robin, and we can <laughs> we can we can have these the these meetings. <laughs> just a big dark square now, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, so. I, I don't know. I've tried I've tried everything, and at least we got we got your initials now, buddy. That's better. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's there. Yeah. Okay. It was room. Did that fix room. anything? No. Oh, oh you're back. Hey! Oh my hey! God! You're back. Oh, hey! Nice. Wonderful. What's up? Oh, look how. What's going on, everybody? Oh, that was just a. That was just a reveal for 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 effect. He's like everybody's like, I want to see Rob. It's so bad. Well, they've, they've been though. able to see me. <laughs> they've been able to see me the whole time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So that. I'm not well, a black Well, turn square. it off then. Turn it back off then. That's fine. <laughs> fine. I, I, Robin, I've never missed you so much, dude. Uh, it is actually great to have you back. Look how pale I am. <laughs> look at the difference in the cameras. Here, here, here you go, Randy. Here's another difference yeah, between this the cameras. Is, this is Bush Lake. This is Bush Lake. Yeah. This yeah. Is yeah. Bush Lake? Bush League. Bush Lake. I, I don't know what that means. Is that a Canadian thing? Nope. No. No. I'm gonna, it, Randy, it, it, do you want to explain it? <laughs> it just means it's. Uh, he's in the minors. He's using subpar gear. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. I'm glad I have it. So the minus, you're in the minus. I'm in the minus. League wise, I'm in the minors. <laughs> yeah, nothing you else. Are correct. You oh, are wow. correct. Oh wow. Okay. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> oh, that, Garstein. <laughs> okay. Had you got any longer, bro? It would have been a tenacious D song, dude. I totally miss you. Mm. Is that a, is that a tenacious D? A T-Nock song? Yes. Yes. Uh, I need. I haven't seen that movie in years. All right. I okay. So. That. So you. Dave Grohl's in it. So to, to to move this this whole thing forward, you it. were raised in in Canada. What mm, Toronto? You you came to L.A. Mm. And what was the first gig that you got that was like the breakout? That was like okay, I've oh. like I've, I'm I'm like I'm actually like like I'm. Can I I'm tell the you the first gig that I had before any breakout gigs? Like moved to L.A. Uh, I was subbing in for a good friend who had a gig and it was driving to Fullerton, which is beside Anaheim from LA, which is about 45 minutes an hour with a disco wig playing disco songs in a bar that nobody gave a shit about, like listening to us. They were just more interested in their, in the, in what was on the, the TV and the, their wings and uh, me driving, you know, on a Thursday night in the passenger seat, the big fluffy disco wig and, uh, and, you know, for 80 bucks, <laughs> you know, what was, I was like, called? yeah, L.A. Oh, I, I can't I can't I can't uh, can't throw him under the bus like even, that. I can't even remember. Not that I can't tell you. I can't remember. Um, this was this was, was a disco inferno. This was the 1970s. I don't know. I don't this was know, the 1970s. Is, he was only like yeah, 42 I, at the time. I wish I would have had a real afro at that point. But uh, anyway, so I, you know, uh, I, I came to L.A. I didn't have a, a, unlike some some fortunate people that get to move countries and have gigs waiting for them. I didn't have any of that. I just had friends that were from Canada already that moved here. And 
you know, I did that thing where, okay, I'm here. I have a car, I have drums, I have a phone, and I have a, you know, a couch, a friend's couch that I'm staying at. And um, very quickly, I found a, 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 a house to, with roommates through Craigslist. You know, I did that whole thing, and uh, I just saved money and hoped that I could get a session or two or a live gig. And I just started doing little local live gigs in L.A. with whoever. I, I literally you didn't. And it, you it just slowly. I think that I think that that I think one of the first gigs of Notoriety was probably Five for Fighting. Um, uh, and I did a bit of a, a little audition with the guitar player that I met had got me uh, an audition. And, and uh, I'd already been such a huge fan of, of John's John's stuff. And and uh, so I got that gig. And at the same time, I started getting uh, the odd session here and there. And so both helped each other mm-hmm. like, you know, like the the first Kelly Clarkson thing that I did uh, was because of uh, two very uh super fantastic writers uh, from Canada that are married, you know, Chantel Kerbiazic and Rain Maida. Rain, as you may or may not know, is the singer from Our Lady Peace. And so Rain and Chantel, and Chantel is a massive star in Canada and has a brilliant career here in the States as a writer. And um, so they were were writing this song and producing these tunes for, for Kelly Clarkson and I, and that's how the Canadian thing sort of comes into play. And, uh, so those things sort of domino, you know, you get to do on one thing, somebody hears you, they, you know, you get recommended and blah, 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 you know, it's sort of like that. That's, uh, you know. Okay. So we, yeah. we have another question, uh, from, and pro- don't shoot me if I get this name wrong, uh, if I pronounce this wrong, uh, Emmett Linta, Lintalucci. I hope I got that right. Um, he says, tell us about your favorite artist studio session and what made it great. Favorites too. Favorite session. Wow. Oh my God. Like there, there have been. I think. Uh, uh, I can, can I say a couple? Yeah. Uh, one of them was M- Melissa Etheridge. It was uh, with a, a, an amazing Canadian producer that got me on. Uh, John that got me on on the gig, and it was amazing because why? Like I'm I'm sitting around and Melissa's in the control room and 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 giving me her two cents and and and. Uh, she she had they'd set up a bunch of guitar amps for her to play if she wanted to go out onto the floor and play but she just was like oh this is all sounding great it's all working out great i'm just gonna like hang out on the sofa in the control room and and so we just got to hang out for a couple of days um that was a cool session i think um the uh, another bucket list session was recording an entire dave stewart cd dave from the eurythmics we did an entire cd on uh, one of the largest super yachts in the world that was owned by Paul Allen, the the uh, um, co-founder of Microsoft. And he had a studio on his ship called the Octopus. And I spent, I, we did a song a day for 10 days. And, um, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, a, a ship that's got a submarine inside the bottom of the ship. It's got a, a you know, 12 passenger submersible. Did you get to inside. check it out? Yeah, we did. Did you get to ride on it? You went under it? the sea. Mm-hmm, yeah. We did we went for a little ride, yeah. That is, wait, and you actually slept on the ship for ten days. Cra- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so you know, this is you know, you do sessions that are just like I can't believe you know this is <laughs> put that what down is on this? my bucket list. This is crazy. Yeah, some of the you know Dave Dave Stewart is is famous for that for creating situations that are just otherworldly. You know, uh, so anyway, so that was a cool a cool uh, session. Um, I think. Uh, uh, you know, 
doing a session for uh, a ballot for Natasha Bedingfield's CD where she was there. I, I always I always like it when when I get to meet that artist or, or, or hang out with that person because you know that obviously is the is the touch. I mean the probably the last one that's that I remember is three days of demos with Mick Jagger and that was so, super cool. You know driving out to Tarzana and you've got Michael Bradford. Uh, who played bass in Kid Rock's band, and he's a co-writer. And Dave Stewart is the is writing these songs with Mick, and and he's like, yeah, hey, do you want to come out for three days and do some demos? I'm like, yeah, that would be insanity. And uh, so you know, sessions like that were, you know, I remember Mick had just got his first iPhone. I, I'll never forget being in this and him going. He couldn't remember how to like get to a certain screen or, or work something and me showing him for a quick second how to navigate somewhere. I was like, yeah, dude, you know, like it's cool. And, you know, and everybody was super chill. And but it, it never escapes me. Trust me, I, I, I'll i be completely honest with you. I, it never escapes me who I'm in a room with, you know, like I'm freaking out, too. I'm not, you know, it's I still freak out. I still get get you know, a little nervous in certain situations, but it's because I'm excited to be there. I'm super crazy excited to be there. That never has, has, uh, has, uh, um, gotten, gotten light for me. You know, I still, I still love all that stuff. So those are some, some cool sessions. Were, were you nervous in Florida? I know Zach has that, <laughs> Zach has that effect on people. I was, I was nervous just to meet Zach. I, I playing, not so much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd heard so much, you know, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that seriously was probably one of the most surreal and like coolest gigs to do. It's crazy, right? Because everybody else, everybody else was on their instrument. David was on yeah. bass. Yeah. Zach yeah. and Daniel yeah. were on guitar. You were on drums. I was on keys. <laughs> yeah. And you're a drummer guitar player bass but i know like, everybody robin's one of those annoying multi-instrumentalists that's great at every instrument and it's completely self-sufficient and doesn't need anybody there i just said it. if you went back and listened <laughs> if, if you went back and listened to like if we recorded runaway you'd be you'd be talking different i i i like one of the things that's so difficult for me with keyboards is because i'm so used to i'm not used to having all the notes I mean, yeah, we play guitar, but I have a little bit more space. I sure. kept like snagging yeah. other keys, so you get this. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. It's those stubby yeah. fingers on you, I man. I know. Yeah, it's true. True. Yeah. Not to it's backtrack, amazing. but for for those of you who don't know uh, uh, a demo, when you do demos for people, um, you may never meet the artist, correct? Abs absolutely, and some and a lot of people on that list are, are exactly like that. I've never I've never met uh, Kelly. I've never met Hillary Duff. I've never met. Um, I met uh, uh, Jesse McCartney once in a club in L.A. and tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Hey, you know, I'm Randy." He was like, "Hi, I'm Jesse." I said, "I did four tracks on your on your on your uh, on your uh, on your That's first awesome. record." You know, he's like, "Oh, cool!" Like, you know, I can't blame him. He's not gonna. He's never. Sure, I was, yeah. He didn't come to the studio, but it was still fun to 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 finally meet. You know, meet someone Absolutely. in person. Yeah, yeah I, I just want everyone to to know that a lot of that, a lot of that, you know, and this is where we're at now, even before the pandemic, uh, a lot of guys started doing remote sessions. And so it's amazing. You can just email 
files to somebody. Sure. If they're in a studio, they play their thing and then shoop, off, off it goes and, and uh, they do their thing. And whether that song sees the light of day or not is really never up to you. And you you just sort of keep keep trudging along and, and some some end up in really cool places and some never get hurt by anybody, you know. Has there ever been? Well, I'm sure the answer is yes. But has there ever been a song that you just knew was going to be a smash and Absol it never saw the light of day? Oh, for sure, for sure, a absolutely, yeah. And that, you know, the 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 reasoning behind that is there's there's zero. Just like on the other side, there's no reason that a song does become like <clears throat> there's no one template, right? That that sure. so. It goes both ways, you know. You think, think, man, this is such great. This artist is brilliant. The songs clearly got crazy hooks. What's happening? It can be just a slew of other planetary non-alignment sure. things. Where, and the opposite, where you go, how did that song? It's a great song, but how, how did it get there? It's like, oh well, so and so was playing golf with that guy, and then they went for a day, and then, and then you just never know how things, sure. you know. You know, it doesn't, there's no guarantee, right, that a great song or a great band or singer is just going to be guaranteed that kind of success. I wish it were like that, but it's not like that. Sure. I'm sure there are artists like, you know, canvas artists that are just brilliant that we'll just never, never know, you know. So. It, 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 and I'm sure you've recorded on many songs that you thought were just absolute trash and then you heard on the radio next week. <laughs> Has that happened? Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay. I okay. mean, I'm sure I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you're helping the, the, the good thing is that, that, uh, with hundred percent, hundred percent honesty, I can tell you that I've never got into playing a session or a live gig or anything like that, not giving it a hundred and thousand million percent. Well, even course. if I don't, even if I don't think the music's that good or I may not even be a complete fan of the genre like you know what I mean so so yeah for sure there's stuff where I play and I go like yeah that's not gonna go anywhere like you know it it just I just you know it's my opinion but obviously you know we all have those opinions and and uh, and sometimes we're wrong just like you said you know I'm sure there are songs on the radio that you go what is up with that like, how did that ever happen? But that is Every such a, a, a sub day, right? <laughs> Every but how day. But how subjective is it though? That's oh, the yes, beautiful totally thing subjective. about music. Sure. It's so super subjective and it's, it's an art form and off we go on, on, you know, on we go, you know what I mean? Like art, art is, so. is, uh, we can sit here all day and write a song and, and, and think it's the greatest thing in the world. And we can think that, and that's fine, <laughs> Yeah. but it doesn't, our opinion about our own artwork does not matter. For sure. Is, if For sure. It, it is only considered worth something. Yeah. The second other people go, oh, yeah. I like this, you know. But isn't it isn't it cool though that that and and uh, uh, crucial that the person that's creating it is is loves it and has yes. like it, job job well done right? It doesn't matter like if I sit back and write some silly poem and put three chords to it. And it, and it could be dog poop, but it doesn't matter. If I wrote it about something that means something to me, it mattered that I put it into the universe and it's got, it's out there. Yes. Whatever. And so I, someone also, likes it. I, I don't want to deal in like an absolute, you know, I'm, I'm I, it's, uh, I'm not saying that like, just because I like my song doesn't mean it's not worth anything, but I, I, I get yeah. it. No, but it, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. On so, that yeah, note, guys, I, I think we should make this episode an NFT. 
<laughs> Anyways, <laughs> man, I just I just had a, a really in-depth conversation with a friend of mine about NFTs, and I finally like somewhat understand what Still an don't. NFT is. No. I know what it is. I just don't understand it. It's <laughs> it's it's. We'll we'll have to get into a conversation because it's it, it's yeah. not like yeah, it's, it's not another a, one. That's another. Yeah, it's not a short answer. A whole another. Yeah. Conversation. And that's the thing. That's oh. going to be part four of this episode, <laughs> yeah. brother. I think that's the thing that bugs me about those is, is you can't just give a short answer of like, this is an NFT. Well, dude, it's a picture, right? No, it's and then not a picture. Every time you sell it, you get it's 20%. Digital. It's digital. Digital image. It's, it's not, though. It's not just a digital image. It could right. be. I'm it, sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's Far. it's the the answer to what. Welcome it is. to Move stock to. detention. It's stock detention. Right. Well, it's not even just stock. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I, I I could go down. I could go down a rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we were right over that. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> hey, quick uh, on the on the on the note of uh, not knowing when your song's gonna make it or not knowing stuff. I don't know if you guys have watched. Whether you hate it or love it or haven't seen it, The Peacemaker on HBO Max. Oh, my uh, well, John Cena's okay, thing. Yep. Yeah. A lot of my favorite like sleaze metal, hair metal bands keeping the vibe alive over in Sweden and Finland and stuff. All of a sudden, it got their shot. James Gunn's been putting in Reckless Love, The Cruel Intention, Santa Cruz. Now I'm gonna have to Wigwam. watch it. Yeah, Wigwam was dead, and that's the intro like song. They weren't dead, but like their their <laughs> label dropped them, and then right after the show came out. Everyone's like, oh, by the way, you guys want to do some shows or what's going on? Well, see, so, how brilliant yeah. is that is that now there's there's an, a completely other landscape or a medium that bands can get their music heard. Like some bands now get their start that way. P you know, kids online are like, I heard this. I heard 30 seconds on my favorite t TV show and they they're rabid. They yep. just search out who that is. Yeah. Yeah. And but. And so even though you're, you're talking about a band who's, who's already established and kind of like it, it kind of flattened out a little bit and bam, you know, like, Just like and, and same with songwriting, right? Robin, you guys know that whatever you've written, it's in the universe, it's there forever and it can make a, it can make a reappearance. You never know why or where or how, you know, all that shit, you know? So speaking of songwriting, I think this would be a good segue. Uh, you've worked with one of my favorite songwriters, uh, oh. Colin Hay. And so yes, I want to yes. hear all about this, the college, because you said you had some stories and stuff. I have some stories, but you know, I, I, I got, I got, uh, I was just basically subbing in for a, a really good drummer pal who it was kind of his gig. And, uh, uh, I subbed in at first for a tour in, in South America and, uh, which is crazy because on the tour booklet, you know, they call it the book of lies, right? That's what the nickname for any pre-touring like before you go out someone sends you a pdf of like 20 pages every day it says where you're going to be and the hotel name and the venue and what time you're on and they call it the book of lies and here's a brilliant example of that every page of every date said 11 p.m showtime right well sometimes there'd be three or four gigs in a row the showtimes were actually 4.30 a.m., 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m., and the flight to the next town was 6.30 a.m. or 7 a.m. So we would, completely soak, soaking wet from stage, wet, get into a van and change in the airport bathroom into dry clothing to get on a plane to get to the next city. And it was super exhausting. You never saw more grumpy dudes, <laughs> you know, that trying. awful. To 
Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant because Colin was headlining these tours. So the headliner, you know, the, the festivals out, out in South America sometimes don't start till midnight. What? Why? So, and the headliner is going to go on at three or four because they go till six. They go to sunrise, right? And where and is this the, again? You know, South America, like Brazil or, you know, Sao Paulo. So they party like, all night. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even go out. Like, people don't even go out till midnight in a lot of places in Europe. So that said, you know, it's at 11 p.m. <laughs> and then you're like, what? At sound check, you find out you're not on. And there you go. There's ZZ Top. ZZ Top. So, so I have this binder. Canadians. I don't know where I got this, but this is ZZ Top's. <laughs> antenna world tour and it is literally like it's got like all the calendars and everything oh sweet of like all sweet. their stuff that and they did there, the and there you have it so this is a book and of some lies of that, yeah and some of that will be accurate and some won't be at all that's interesting know? so uh so there was that facet to to the tour um i will tell you the the uh it needs to be known that colin is not only a gifted, um, brilliant singer songwriter, but like his, you know, you'd be playing the hits, right? The men at work hits. But then when he'd play his, his solo stuff and Robin's a fan of his solo stuff, I know for sure. Um, there'd just be girls crying, just bawling their heads off in the front row. Like he's got a couple of tunes that just like, you know, he's got that scratchy kind of thick voice and he starts, you know, playing a ballad on guitar and just to, you know, People just lose it. And uh, in between tunes, live, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever played with. Like stand-up comedian level funny between his banter between songs. You know, he's got that Scottish accent and he talks about the first time he's walking down Beverly, you know, in Beverly Hills down Sunset Boulevard and he sees a guy dressed up like Batman. To hear him talk about that in his Scottish accent is unreal funny. I'm not even going to try and do it. They get, but, I was going to say, can you do a Scottish on, accent for us? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, no, it's fun. You know, I did, however, once as we were all walking after Soundcheck to go get something to eat, I got him to unknowingly say Hunt for Red October. He need to, like I said to the guys that watch, I'm going to try and get him to say, say, and he didn't really remember the name of the movie at the time. So I got him to say Hunt for Red October, just the way Sean Connery said, Hunter. and it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, of course he had a good laugh, but uh, yeah. So, uh, and I, you know, eventually I got to cut uh, a record, uh, a couple of tracks on one of his solo CDs uh, at his amazing uh, studio uh, in Topeka Canyon here in California. Love and Topeka uh, Canyon. Oh, it's great. He's got a beautiful home and a beautiful studio at that house. And uh, so where yeah. is Topanga Canyon in, in relevance to, uh, you know, Los Angeles proper, like Hollywood? Uh, it's it's west. So so if you're if you're if you're right at the at the crossroads of the 405 and the 101, which is like the center, you know, you've got Hollywood on one side and the valley on the other. Yeah. Right. OK. If you sort of kind of head towards the ocean, but and but then parallel to it, you're heading west. And it's it's out there. It's out it's out uh, by um, uh, Westlake Village and and a bunch of places. Woodland Hills, uh, which is where I do currently. I do all my session work out of out of a studio in Woodland Hills. Live in Woodland Hills. It's, it's it's out that yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. If you, pretty cool if you ever if you're looking on a map and you find Woodland Hills, it's right below it. <laughs> okay, where yeah. where do you live? I'm in Sherman Oaks in the Valley. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, your exact it. address and uh, zip code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Phone uh, number, date of birth, box. credit card number. <laughs> P.O. box. <laughs> Smart man. Dude, that's, I don't know, man. You know, Robin and I, I we, we tried the whole L.A. thing. Uh, yes, Robin <laughs> made it longer than I did. You don't need to tell her story. <laughs> Dad, we t- have we ever told this story? Have we ever told no, yes, how you abandoned times. me? In L.A.? Okay, you can, you know exactly what I'd say if we were off air right now. Um, anyway. Starts with an F and ends with a U. Say it. So, I, no, tell the F off. So, so it, to Zach's, oh, to Zach's. Gosh, we're going there. No, to Zach's credit, the only reason that I made it as long as I did is because I had a decent place to live. And it didn't get sour until about five months into me living there. Right. His situation got sour pretty fast, and and right. as as people from Texas, like L.A. is very different for us because we we come from a city where it's like, oh, you play music, I play music, we should hang out, man. And it's right. like when you were our age, like when you're 21, 22 years old, and you move to a yeah. new city and you move to some place yeah. like L.A., it's almost a competition yeah. for the young sure. guys. And yeah, we're just. Is there some truth to that? Would you agree with that? Randy? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, fundamentally, you're moving to a city with way more people and way more musicians and way more competition. So it just it's it stands to yeah. reason that that's that's a given. That's going to happen. Go to New York. Same thing. Yeah. You know, well, like I would London, say, New York wasn't even on my radar because I knew I couldn't <laughs> mentally handle that. Like, <laughs> right. um, yeah. but Dude, it freaks me out. The thought of living in New York. I would love to, <laughs> I, I would love to spend a I would love it. Actually, I would love yeah. to. Sp- I just just not in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to spend a long period. I'd love to spend like summer and fall in New York and then that's it. Like I want to go home. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, I, like the, there, there were, there were moments in LA that I absolutely just will never forget. And, uh, like shape and never, like, and never remember as well. Actually, no, I remember <laughs> I did. I didn't, I didn't get into that much trouble when I was out there. Uh, I did spend the night in my car in, in Compton, but that's because I wasn't paying <laughs> that attention. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 funny. Like, and I think Zach, you can you can say the same thing to this. It's like all the people that we should have known when we were in LA, we met after we left. Touche. It and to to hundred percent like straight up. If I had a gig to go to in LA, um, or or even like a a a cool side gig to go to, I mm. I think that. I was so young. We were so young. Dude, what were we, 21, 22 when we went out there? I turned 24 in L.A. Nice. Okay. So we, we went out there in uh, – no, I'm sorry. I turned 23 in L.A. I was about to say, yeah. dude, because I was 24 in, in Las Vegas. I turned 23 in L.A. because, yeah, I, was, I had left straight music. And, uh, yeah, it was 2012. So I turned tw- – yeah, I turned 23. Right up. Well, we were young, dude. Is the point I'm trying to make. Nice. And nice. and and I I I I'd give it another shot. No. Nope. You know, especially knowing who I know now and what I know now. Sure. Uh, I mean, I I had never toured uh, when we moved out there. You know, I've done a, quite a few things since then. I had done uh, I had done a few road gigs. No, nothing. Like, let me rephrase. I'd done tours, but never anything longer than like three weeks. Like that was the longest I'd, I'd done, and um, yeah, I was you know I was the I wanted 
I was like you, Randy. I wanted to go out there. I wanted to join a band. Like I didn't want yeah, to be yeah, a hired gun. Sure. I wanted to join a band. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so I did. And that band only rehearsed. They never played shows. <laughs> right. And this is this is the and they're fantastic. Like they're still this is the gamble. It's still <clears throat> like a crowning achievement on my resume of like Absolutely. I recorded with these. You know this band. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they never toured. They never played a live. And then show. fast forward four or five years. And I did a show with them, with Adelita's Way. Yeah, you Remember were playing that? with Adelita's Way, and they opened for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was Small world. Yeah. No. Anyway. Smaller world is that uh, <laughs> my dad produced the lead singer of that band's dad's first, e- first like, demo wow. tapes in Austin in, like, the wow. 70s that we still had the masters for in oh, my parents' garage. So that was that's cool. So I got sweet. to give those to her and be like, here you go. So Nice. That's nice. really neat. I like that. But anyways, yeah. well, we've digressed. Dude, do you want to do you want to start blowing through the list? <laughs> I'm ready. You can, I'm ready. You 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 can go ahead. Shot shotgun. Go. Well, I mean, I have the ones that I particularly. Do you just want to do go that way? I mean, or do you just want to go list by list? I would just say like just start asking questions, man. You can just yeah, ask. Fuck me. one, just kill one, marry okay, well, one. Go. Then I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> on your entire <laughs> list, Randy. Fuck, kill, marry. One of like. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. I'm so sorry, Randy. Randy. These are my <laughs> friends. <laughs> FKM. All right. I'm gonna start with one of my heroes. Um, what what what's your involvement with Nuno Betancourt? He's one of my favorite guitar players of all time. Nuno, uh, just recently I got recommended to work with an artist that he was producing and uh, do uh, a couple of demos and a couple of uh, live showcases for this girl. Uh, Can we say the artist or no? Killer singer. Uh, Not yet. Okay. And um, and, uh, and, uh, so he was sort of just kind of MDing and producing the the live thing. And... uh, then a couple of times after these shows, he would sometimes uh, play on those shows with us or not. You know what I mean? He'd either be, sure. be in, you know, on the sidelines kind of directing everything. Sure. And then sometimes he would play the gig with us, you know. And and uh, uh, I will tell you, just, just uh, other than the fact that he's a super cool, chill, red guy, uh, um uh, one of his parties, uh, a Halloween party, I ended up playing a Stevie Wonder tune um, with uh, uh, Steve Lukather, Steve Vai, Nuno Betancourt, all three of them standing, soloing <laughs> together. This is wonderful. I'm not mad at all. Just great, right? Oh. Yeah, uh, Richie Cotson's wife on bass. She's f- fabulous. Uh, yeah, like just like these. OK, so th- these are the things that don't happen, you know, where where I grew up like so that, you know, this is the reason why I, I, uh, I uh, you know, went to, you know, I wanted to move to L.A. I wanted to be able to rub sure. shoulders. And, you know, th- like it, it, there was no guarantee that it was going to happen. Any of that kind of stuff. But if it was going to happen, it's going to happen here. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. At, at, absolutely. Uh, now, is is the music scene in L.A. still hopping? Is it like rock and roll in particular? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, all in all in parallel, per, like in percentages, though, right? Because, um, you know, the, the, the P word, the pandemic hit and, and just shut down, you know, 
shut down venues, shut down touring and all that stuff. So, so the less venues there are, obviously the less live playing and just, sure. and just, just due to, due to the pandemic, the less live playing period, just because of the safety factor. Okay. But even, even prior to that, um, there's still a massive sunset strip scene. You know what I mean? Really? All the stuff. Oh, for sure. You know, you've got, you know, the clubs like the whiskey and, you know, are all, you know, are, are just th- thriving, <laughs> you know, with, with original bands, you know, you can go two, three nights a week there and see four different acts a night. You know what I mean? Is, is there or, a cover at those places? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what what just curious what what's a cover on an average night of or like originals not bad maybe 10 bucks yeah okay yeah yeah never never crazy it's not crazy <clears throat> yeah and you know you think about if you're going to go see three or three or four bands my god like that's that's not only well worth it but it's it's so sure. it, it's undervalued really. will the bands see any of that money or no yeah for sure i mean the the way that the the sometimes the way that the promoters work is that You've you've heard things like like oh in L.A. it's pay to play. Sure. It's not it's not that the a band pays a bunch of money. Like here's five hundred bucks. I want to. What they do is they do a thing with a ticket system where they go okay look, buy the tickets up front for five bucks a ticket. You can sell them for whatever you want. You want to sell them for five bucks and break even? Go. You want to sell them for ten dollars? It's up to you. If you if you buy. 200 tickets from us at, at five bucks, right? You're going to spend a grand and then you can go make your grand back. If you get, go and hustle and sell those tickets, uh, we're still going to sell admission to the door, which you'll get a part of after a certain amount. So you work, they, they work out deals where after the first 50 people, you're going to get, you know, this much or half the money or what, you know, it kind of goes like that. So there's, there's ways around it. If, if, if a band is, has, has really marketed themselves well and pushed themselves on social media and really gone out there and hit the ground. Like, yeah, they're gonna, you know, those bands make money. Those original bands have a start to develop a following, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's nice to see, you know. Man, I, I'd love to come out to LA for a week and hang with all you guys. <laughs> Let's do it. Do, do you so frequent? Good. Like, do you, do you ever go to the strip? Of course, yeah. I, you know, I was gonna say another really cool place is across the street from the whiskey is the Viper Room, which is a smaller room, but man, I've seen some amazing, like, you're just like stunned. Like, who is this band? Where are they from? Like, you know, and it's funny how, how things can groundswell uh, out of, out of a performance or a couple of live gigs for certain bands, you know, like they really can. Yeah, sure. And, 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 and does the, the whole quintessential, you know, record labels and producers and, and execs, are they still hitting those shows up? It's, it's harder nowadays. I think nowadays we've, we've gone so digital and so social media marketing based that now they, they know that they're, they're pretty much can be comfy in their own living room and have, and, and, and go on to Instagram or go on to sure. YouTube. You sure. know what I mean? So in essence, the, the, the mechanisms are still happening, but they just, it's just not that guy in the suit with a cigar in the back of the room anymore. You know what I mean? It's I would not love so that. much that, you know, that, it happens. Nothing- just more, just wait, 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 sure. less frequently. Right? That, that, I mean, that, yeah. that would be a dream come true. If I, if I <laughs> yeah. played it, the, the, the whiskey a go-go yeah. and some dude in a suit. <laughs> Smoking a cigar. Your band is good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what accent he wow, has. Wow, he was but... just European. Wow, that was a fun <laughs> European dude. I love it. I love it. Europeans pay better anyways. <laughs> Gar, Steve. Okay, well, um, 
Okay, of now the we strip. Speaking of the strip, you see uh, Steel Panthers playing like the 50th anniversary of the Rainbow. Woo! Oh my God, I've been to so many Steel Panther shows. We should so go. So when good. Is it? It's uh, in April or something, like a parking lot bash or some. Yeah, like well, that. they'd have to do it in a parking lot. They can't do it. Like the club inside the Rainbow on the second yeah. floor is, is tiny. They wouldn't be able to do it there. Randy, yeah. you want to go? I'll, I'll go. Let's go. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. What date? You give yeah. me the date. We'll figure yeah, it yeah, out. Take, San, Santa Cruz was hopping over across the pond for a show at the whiskey but it's like during the week so i don't think i'm gonna make that one mm. right okay well i've said my first one on the list tj you go uh on the spot now he's on the spot like pick anybody i don't know man i i'm gonna steal thunder like honeymoon suite what was that like when'd you play with them honeymoon suite because like, well, I, I robin I, robin i have to take this one oh take it i told you about honeymoon suite I told you. I've got. I've got one that I want to mention. Who is this? I'm amazed that 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 I'm always amazed where where I know that a bunch of bands that are are huge in Canada don't always make it across the border in terms of their popularity or you know they don't even sometimes get releases in America. So I'm always giddy when someone mentions an act that I think you know I you know I don't know how far their reach is across the border. And Honeymoon Suite, those guys are fucking amazing. They're darlings. And I I. uh, uh, eons ago, um, uh, I, I know I recorded one uh, CD for them, and I know I did a couple of shows um, promoting those recordings. And I just grew up in Toronto playing in all these bands, and they were just on the circuit with every, you know, they were like, if we were doing a festival, it'd be like Honeymoon Suite and Atlanta Miles and Sash Jordan and Rick Emmett and, you know, you know, uh, Kim Mitchell, like there'd be like these, these, you know, quintessential, uh, acts of notoriety and honeymoon suite was one of them. And so we all, we all end up just like any, any music circle. Um, you end up knowing all the musicians in the band and then someone says, Hey, you should record something, you know, we should get you on a a track. We're working on these demos, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And so that's how, you know, I ended up sort of playing a couple things with those guys and recording with them. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, oh, we everyone, still keep in touch online. So really, really sweet. Hell yeah. Like yeah. a lot of people, like if you play New Girl now, everyone's like, oh, I know this song, but they couldn't name the artist for the most part. <laughs> right? yeah. But I love all our yeah. like deep cuts. And what a great song, and, man. Oh my yeah. God. I still think my, I still think my favorite song. is Feel It Again. Oh, great song. amazing. Well, and then, I mean, they were in Lethal Weapon too. Like they had like the, the lead Lethal song Weapon. in Lethal Weapon. You know, like literally, <laughs> yeah, like that was a song. You know, yeah, like they, they had some, <laughs> some hits and they got so many good songs. Canadian, yeah. <laughs> and what was it? Is Red Rider Canadian too? Yep. Yeah, Tom Cochran. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Life yep. is a Highway. That. At yeah. Lun- Lunatic Fringe. Oh, dude, what a brilliant CD! Yeah. Wow, wow, crazy good. Uh, Ian Thornley, Big Wreck, another guy that I got to play with a few years back here in LA. Uh, it was for Nam, and uh, uh, I have, you know, that, thank God they had a, a really great video crew and an audio recording crew. And there's a bunch of that shit online. It sounds so good. He's so good. I can't say enough about that guy. That's so good. Great writer, great singer, yes. stellar, stellar singer, stellar, stellar like, like it was one of those things like where like stupid great guitar player. Yeah, he's both a great guitar player and a singer, and it's one of those where I'm just I know, like, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty impressive. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I'm gonna. I, I've got two. All right. Two. Um, Way to take over, bro. First, first <laughs> and foremost, Greedy. I want to know about Ringo Starr. But second, nice. I also want to know what it was like to play on stage with Jeff Healy. <laughs> Oh my God! Ugh. 
God, God bless him. Um, uh, Jeff, the funniest dude, like killer sense of humor. We, you know, he, he would call me up and, you know, Hey, dirty, rotten, you know, skinny. I was like super skinny, long hair. Like, you know, we would just like tear each other apart on the phone before a gig or something like that. And, and, um, he was always super sweet. And, and my first memory of Jeff was playing a little club. I used to do a jam on Sunday nights at a club right by where I lived. And, uh, it was with a guy named Tony Springer who, who also did a tribute to Jimi Hendrix, which was one of my first gigs that I ever flew on an airplane to play. And, and so we're doing this jam and Jeff comes in and Jeff used to come in every Sunday cause he loved Tony. Cause Tony was like, could really, rip all of Hendrix's stuff sounded like him as a singer could play, play all the Hendrix stuff. Amazing. And Jeff loved, loved Jimi Hendrix. And so, um, he'd sit there and then it was a jam. So eventually Jeff would get up and Tony was a guitar player. So he'd, he'd grab a bass, Jeff would grab a guitar and to Tony be playing the bass upside down. Right. You know, the, you know, the E strings on the top and the, you know, okay. So he's playing bass and with one hand, Jeff would get, excited he'd start sitting down playing on his lap and he'd get excited and he'd stand up and as he had as he does and and he'd hold the guitar against his chest and he'd start playing and he was so into it tony would have to grab him by the back by the back of the the belt loop because the stage was a couple of feet high and jeff <laughs> jeff would start to inch his way to the edge and tony's trying to play bass with one hand and hold jeff by the back of the pants you know you know these are these are uh, cherished cherished memories oh, of of Jeff. I mean, he's you know I can't say now he's he's uh, uh, sorely missed you know and uh, always remembered. So uh, uh, for those of you that Jeff, don't know, if 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 you're kind of scratching your head, going Jeff Healy, that name sounds really familiar. I believe it's Roadhouse, right? Roadhouse. It's right. He is the guitar player that's in the wheelchair playing the guitar in his lap. So good, phenomenal. Yeah. So good, player. yeah. He's uh, he's incredible. Uh, and and Ringo is uh, you know, I got to do um, a bunch of you know, maybe three four months in a row of promotional gigs where we played uh, uh double drummers uh, for a couple of tunes, and then Ringo would go to the front of the stage and sing a couple of tunes. He was promoting a, a CD called Liverpool Eight, and the reason I had that gig was because Dave Stewart had co-written that record with him and I was already in Dave's band. And so Dave kind of, you know, was like, you want to go and promote this CD? We just wrote, why don't you just use my band? Ringo always uh, has and still does have his all-star band. Um, brilliant. And Colin, by the way, has played in that band. Um, but we got to get that call like, hey, you know, we're, Ringo's got to play like a... A, a shit ton of TV shows and do these like crazy, uh, you know, massive shows in Liverpool and London. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be the band. I was like, wow, okay, that's amazing. Like the first time, you know, I ever talked to Ringo was just Dave. We we're Dave and I were in the studio in the Valley, and I was doing something for Dave, and we're just hanging out, just the two of us. And he just hands me the phone. He says, "Someone wants to say hi to you," and Ringo was on the other end. This was before before the gig was starting, you know, and, and, uh, and easy to be dumb, you know, dumbfounded and, and tongue tied and dumbstruck, you know, it's like, wow, it's amazing to virtually meet you and 
I can't wait to, to see you play with you. Like, what the fuck? What do you, you know? He's such a sweetheart guy. He's like got that cheeky sense of humor and the dry sense of humor. And like, he was really sweet on the phone and continued to be when, when we met, we met on stage, uh, in, in, uh, London on stage, um, on stage at soundcheck. Okay. Uh, I was like, wait, you walked on stage and played a gig and that's the first time you met him. <laughs> well, it's at soundcheck. It was crazy. Like walking on stage and there's my kit and there's his kit. Like, Oh fuck, you know, but, uh, but I hadn't played with them until soundcheck, like double drummers. And you have to worry about shit like that. Like when, it, you know, I don't, you know, two guitar players is one thing, but drums, man, when oh, there's it's... two kick drums and two snare drums, you know, got to worry about a bunch of other shit. You know what I mean? But like, and so cor- yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I remember. So I went randomly in Kerrville, Texas. I yeah. went and saw a clinic with Greg Bissonette. Right. And what's Woo! again, another small world my drum teacher that I grew up with, Steve Samuels, um, he and Greg Bissonette met out in L.A. when they were auditioning for the same band. Wow. A band called the Pinups, I believe. Right. And um, so... Awesome. Uh, but I remember... Greg is Greg's a fucking ninja. He's a badass. Amazing sure. drummer. Yeah. But I remember yeah. him saying that, you know, the first time he sat down and played with Ringo, it was just easy. It was, it yeah. just, you just, both of yes. he and Ringo just sank in and were like, all yes. right, we're right here. <laughs> and that was my experience as well. I worried, I was going to worry about the, 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 the things like, are we going to flam? Is it going to be like, brr, 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 like, like what, what's my time going to be like? What's his time? Gonna be? What's our time going to make together? But really, uh, he, he made it super easy. Like I just played along and when he starts, he's got an internal clock that's like, smack dab on like he doesn't speed up like crazy or slow down like he just has this beautiful kind of like pop when he starts a tune it just stays there and when it's like that it's easy to play to it's like it's like playing to a guy like he has this beautiful feel that still has tons of human to it but doesn't go so it would be you know insane to follow right it's like Two people dancing. One one's going to lead. One's going to follow. And if the the guy that's leading, you know, is is on his game, like it was really easy. Just like Greg said, you know, I mean, Greg has way more experience at playing with Ringo than I do, but I can I can uh, uh, second that for sure. Like super super uh, easy to play to, and 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 I think he 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 felt it too. It was cool. There were a couple of couple of moments where, uh, you know. He was uh, super complimentary, and and uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll take those bucket lists, those those gigs to the grave. This was brilliant. It's like awesome. One of the gigs we did in Liverpool was to eighty thousand people. Yeah, in Liverpool that year was uh, uh, called City of Culture. Uh, you know the European City of Culture. They pick a European city every year to be the capital of culture, and and they do this these all these you know festivities and all this stuff. And there, Liverpool was the city of culture that year. And Ringo had an album called Liverpool Eight, and he's from Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, so there's you a know, there's, there there we were, and we played uh, on a roof. You know, there's a video overlooking. I think you posted you know. the video on Instagram, is what I where I saw it of you playing with him, and he's singing some song about Liverpool. Yes, yes, that's yeah. that's it. That was the single from that okay. that, that CD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that yeah it's cool it's cool actually that song 
lyrically is a story about his life. Okay. Yeah. I need to go listen to the whole song. I, each, I only each, watched the video. Each verse it goes for the the sections of his of his wow. Of his layout. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of of Liverpool and and Ringo and and, and subsequently the Beatles, uh, <laughs> you you have played for some Beatles. Uh, you mean you mean in the audience? Yes, that them sitting. You have played their songs to them. Yeah, yeah. It's it it was uh, it was unbelievable. We got to do uh, the Eurythmics had reunited for uh, Annie and Dave had reunited for the fiftieth, the Beatles' fiftieth anniversary, and there were all sorts of shows going on, right? You know, in 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 different places in the world, and in Los Angeles, um, they did a thing, uh, a televised thing. And, you know, the Grammys presents the Beatles 50th anniversary. And there was like, you know, tons of bands doing one song or two songs. Is is that the one where Ed Sheeran did a song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Uh, incredible. It was was really good. Super, super And then the Beatles got up at the end and played. Or Paulie. Yeah, yeah. And they did the the Happy Birthday song, right? (laughs) So because it was on January. It was on January 27th of that year, which is my mom's birthday. And it was like the best she was there in the audience. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like looking out at the front row in St. Paul and Ringo, you know, like it's, it's super intimidating. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, Annie is, uh, uh, was so graceful and just a superstar. Like, you know, in rehearsals, she came in and like just crushed her, her vocal. We did fool on the hill. Yes. Uh, that song fool on the hill. And, and, uh, so and you know we had or you know we had a small orchestra and it was just crazy you know. I mean, it's yeah, so. Nanny Linux. It's they yeah, get what yeah. they want. <laughs> you know the I, I the you know we all use you know in ear monitors now, right? When you know when we're playing live and stuff like that. And I remember in rehearsal, I had my own mixer, so I have stems sent to my mixer. So I have just vocals alone, just drums, just bass, guitar, and I could turn up and down whatever I wanted. And I could actually solo uh, Annie singing uh, because the first part of the song I didn't play. So I could literally just turn with a fader, turn her vocal up and, you know, and just listen to her voice straight in my ear holes. And it's unbelievable. Like, you know, there, there aren't many times like that in your life where you're like, shit, Eddie Lennox's voices were right here and she's standing right there, you know? Yeah. So it's amazing. So, you know, super grateful to be a part of all that. It it, it sounds, I had a, uh, I couldn't turn the voice up, but I got, I got to play a show with uh, Mary Wilson from the Supremes. Oh man. And there was a point we started into the song. We started into one of the songs and I literally turned to the bass player and it don't like, it finally like hit me like what we're doing and like who I'm playing with. <laughs> I turned to the sure. I turned to the bass player. I was like, "Do not let me stop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was playing with Rick Emmett once uh, in in Buffalo at the at the Trough, and it was a, a Rick Emmett show, and we were doing Rick at that point had had like his rock record. He also had smooth jazz records. So we were doing tunes that spanned both those genres and in walks, uh, George Benson with his whole entourage. And so George, I, he got up and played and we did, uh, um, Broadway with George. So, so imagine, you know, starting that and looking over and just, yeah, it's, it's super surreal. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Like, you know, like these are people who we grew up <laughs> listening to. 
Yeah, totally. Like, I remember the being like totally at the record. Three years old in yeah. the car, and like you know, baby love comes on, and it's like the Supremes, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, you know, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, just, it's crazy stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, I did a session with Alan Parsons. Wow, and that's so. It was, cool. it was was it the Alan Parsons project? No, so Alan does these <laughs> cool things. We could have gone. I didn't know this until later, but we could have gone. Alan, he he so. I'll, I'll get to that. So he does these things where he tours, he goes around the world and he'll give master classes in engineering and stuff. And so wow. uh, I was playing in a band called Alpha Rev at the time. And we did, we were the band that was used in the master class. And so he comes in and he, what he does is he, he lines them up with his tour dates. So he'll do the Alan Parsons project and then he'll get to like a major city like Nashville or Austin or LA or something. And he'll go, okay, I think I can do a masterclass, you know, at this studio. Sure, and sure. again, just this, why are Brits so nice? Like, <laughs> he only really right? ever said, he only said like, like two things to me <clears throat> the entire time. It's like, and, yeah. and but he's just yeah. so, so nice about it. <laughs> right. So nice. Well, what a great memory. Oh, it's, it's, it's again, like yours, yeah. I'll, I'll take them to my grave. Like their memories. Yeah, yeah just, for sure. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. Fuck yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to take a, uh, and I don't want you to call anybody out if you don't feel like it, but <laughs> w- was there ever a moment where like you were playing a session and yeah, you, you said you always give like a hundred, 110% in your sessions, but was there ever a session where you were like, man, I wish I had an eject button on this thing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't a session actually. It was a live gig and, uh, I won't mention any of names because it's a super, super famous human. Yeah. And uh, I was booked for three days rehearsal. It's probably the only time that ever happened to me, but I was booked for three days rehearsal and a bunch of shows. Um, and uh, I, <clears throat> I think it was by the break of day one rehearsal where we took a break, let's pretend the rehearsal is say five hours, at the two and a half hour we took a break, everybody walks outside. I called the, the manager in New York and said, I don't think I'm the right fit here. Um, I'll, I'll honor the shows that I'm booked on, but if you can get me out of some of them, that's great. If you can't, don't worry about it. I, I know that the first one's coming up really soon. So that's out of the question. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to do this, but, uh, you know, I think there's a, a person that might be better suited. And, you know, that was just a, a diplomatic way of me saying, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I didn't like being there. Yeah. I didn't like it. You know, I was a great fit musically, <laughs> but but just uh, personality wise, I, I had sort of not I'd stumbled into something that I was like, wow, I, like I just didn't like the way that that uh, the the vibe was. And so I pulled myself out of it. I did the one gig uh, that was actually on a cruise, a crazy cruise so like and, and we were the headline act and uh and then uh, it was out. They found somebody else. But I mean, that's I've been I- in L.A. now for uh, 18 years and I've all, that's only happened once. Well, that's good. So. So, well, yeah, I mean, you are a very lovable guy. So it's like, <laughs> you flirt. You. <laughs> we had so much fun in Florida. Um, yeah, we did. Maybe we'll do an after hours <laughs> podcast of all the stuff, yeah, you know, all the Applebee's that we got into. Yeah. I mean, listen, like there's, there's there, the, the session thing 
your question really can come down to what's it like to navigate personalities? Because yeah. everybody, every situation you're in, if you're not the one in charge, someone is, and the way they communicate to you and what they want you to do, and it, it, it can be off-putting. It can be something that you're not into, or some people are just dry and go, that was a shitty take, let's get a better one. And you're like, you, you have to not take that shit personally. You can't, maybe that's just the way they are, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by navigating. Like, you know, there is a skill set involved in being able to roll with punches and and still, you know, keep your head in the game and play, play to your best of your ability and not be pissed off because the guy didn't like what you did. The for you know, and you think it was great, but they're like, no, try again. You know, I mean, the last thing, I mean, the worst thing that you can hear on a session is somebody that pushes the talk back and says, so, uh, you need take five minute break or you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, could get you water. What you need a water right there or, you know, so have you, you're like, Sh shit, <laughs> like, has that happened to you? Yeah, sure. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. You can get, you can get flustered. You know, the thing about sessions too, I mean, um, uh, or rehearsing, I think there's a sweet spot in how many times you do something. And there's a point at, at which point you, you're now playing the same song for the 11th, 12th, 20th time. And now you're not playing with your heart anymore. You're just trying to remember all the new things. Sure. Think about think about playing a song on any instrument. And someone goes, that was great. This time in the first chorus of the last bar, before we go to the second verse, I want you to do this. You go, okay, I got it. Just one thing, right? So you do it again. He goes, okay, so that's great. Listen, in the bridge, um, instead of doing what you're doing now, and every time you do that take, they add one more thing. Sure. And ev eventually, you... you you know, yeah. you are, you either implode or you go, okay, I got like, and so you have to deal with, with stuff like that all the time, not mm -hmm. in every session, but they come by, you know, they, they happen. And yet, so yes, there are times where you're like, uh, like, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not being musical Dude. anymore. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like I'm being more technical. I'm trying to like hit all the bullet points and all the markers, you know? And uh, so sometimes you can get into a session where you're more of a marionette at that point. Someone sure. doesn't really know what they want, but now that you're there and the drums are set up, you know, they're gonna try 20 different things. And so, sure. you know, that, that falls under the thing of pre-production and you always hope that somebody does a little bit of that homework. You want input artistically from the person that you're hiring, because that's why you hired them. But you also wanna like, push them in the right direction as much as you can, because then you're gonna get what you want. But sometimes you get in the studio and they don't know what they want yet. They know they want you, but they don't really know what they want. And then that that can get frustrating, you know? And so the art form is to not, you know, jam a drumstick in your own eye socket and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and stomp off like, you know, and be, and have an attitude, yeah. you know, you gotta be able to like, I mean, you gotta have thick skin. You gotta be able to, to interpret what someone might want when they say purple, you know? Like, right. yeah. So have you ever had a moment where like, you finish a take and you're just like, Jesus Christ, that was, wow, I've played better than that. And then they come over the speaker like, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I still hear, I think, you know, it's common. I still hear things where I think, oh man, I, I could have done something way better that made sense with the vocal or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, the second guessing thing, because recording is such a photograph, like yeah. that's it. 
like once you're done, it's like then even the next day it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> it's done. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure sometimes when you're just getting hired to do that. When it's your own band, it's like you know there's this organic thing and like hey you, you and most likely you're recording together in a room. Whereas a lot of session work is not like that. You know it's pieced together. You know. Uh, methodically, starting with drums, that's the the the, the yeah, challenging you're the part. You're the one playing the demo. <laughs> you're playing to the demo, and then how do you know that the drum fill that you're playing isn't going to step all over a vocal that you're not hearing yet, or they may change, you know, or the chord you play a shot, but that chord that shot disappears right. after. You know, you have to worry about shit like that. So yeah, it can be frustrating, but you know the the. The beautiful thing about recording is that wow, now you're now you're on a timestamp of someone's musical journey forever. Like, like it's amazing. Like, if if you do feel good about what you played, then there's nothing like that feeling. But you're right. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, I've played. I mean, sometimes the most simple thing is what's right, anyways, right? Mm -hmm. The challenge is to play for the song, not what will impress my drummer friends. Right. You know, that's, and that goes for obviously live as well. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, the restraint factor is always in gear when you, when you're playing, you want to play, you know, uh, the best thing you can for, you know, you, if it's the singer, if it's a solo artist, you don't want to trash all over there because you're playing some amazing Neil Peart drum fill. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, right? Like, you can do it, and we've all seen it happen, but we all know, like, oh, come on. Like, okay, your three drummer friends in the crowd, their brains just exploded, but everyone else hates it. You know, <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're appealing to the wrong, the wrong audience at that point. That's why I've, I've always loved that picture. As drummers, we've all seen this. But, uh, you know, it'll be the picture of, like, the Neil Peart kit, and it just says hobbyist above it. And then it's, like, underneath, it's, like, a, just a regular, like, four-piece, like, jazz kit. And like, it, it's, pro. like, four yeah. drums, and it just says working, you know, professional yeah. drummer. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. For sure. For sure, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You love drum solos, don't you, Randy? I do not. Thank you for asking. I only don't like to listen. I, I listen. I love other people's drum solos. That's what I love. I love like hearing like brilliant drum solos. I just, you know, I didn't grow up working on that part of my playing. So even though I can fake my way through one, I just, the whole time I'm in my head going, man, like there's these 20 other dudes that could just like really do this right. And they should like, let's let, the, let them do it. Like maybe I could just run off stage and get my friend to jump on and play the drum solo. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that they, they, they uh, serve a purpose. <laughs> I just, I just, I just think it's odd when, when musicians leave one guy by themselves on stage, like yeah. conceptually, but I know that in rock, it's like, Oh, like, you know, that's what it's about. There's that moment, that drum solo moment. And I've done it. I, like on the Ian Gillen tour, um, Ian knew that about me. He knew that I, like, I had to really be in the mood, like, and feeling it to, to play a solo. So at one point in the same song, every night on tour, he would turn back to me at a pivotal moment where that song off a, a chord hang would either go into a solo or not. And he just looked back at me and I'd either go or this. 
And if I said no, he would jump in and sing the last part of the song. And that's it. Be no that's drum song. awesome. That's it a was pro. so nice. It was so sweet. And and so uh, online, if you fish around, I'm not going to tell you where, but it's there's a solo online on the Ingalan Terms. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, post it was, it. I'll post it in the chat. I found it. <laughs> Please don't. I beg you. I beg you. RandyCook.com <laughs> slash Ingalan <laughs> Yeah, um, slash drum solos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Righteous. Dude, hey, where where are we at on time right now? Because I we're at one long twenty. We're well, long. We're at one twenty three. We're at one twenty three, dudes. Hour twenty three. Okay, well, I, I definitely want to power through a couple more. Um, All right, I'm here. Lights are set up. Absolutely, uh, and you know, it, ones that y'all, you know, TJ and 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 Robin, ones that y'all really want to like dig in. You know, what what, was, you know, what is all? <laughs> I don't know. Is it this digging? Like, imagine you're making a turkey burger and you're digging in the meat. Ow, ow. It hurts. Ow, ow. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I've gotten really good at cooking. I made some incredible pork. Well, one pork chop tonight. Oh, anyway, I don't want to know about you pork. I made, a, a, I made a Jamaican chicken curry yesterday. Ooh, that sounds delightful. So good. Unbelievable. Delightful. Dude. I love it. My, one of my favorite foods. Not to oh. not to interrupt Zach here, but just to take a, a short little like non-musical sidetrack. Sure. sure. You, you don't say. Um, you've traveled around the world. What's like one of the best like places that you've ever been where you've had like the best food? Ooh, that that would be either Italy or Jamaica. Yeah. But again, again, you know, that all depends. That's subjective. It's what's your favorite? Well, yeah, food. but I mean, for, you know, for you, them, you know. Like, you know, you can go into the smallest little cafe in Italy and and it's stupid how how because everything is made on site. They've made their own bread. They've made their own pasta. They have made their own sauce. Everything is from scratch. So the, the most simple, you know, marinara pasta with it with a piece of bread and the wine, the wine they made, the bread they made, the pasta they made, the sauce, everything. Is from scratch. So, yeah, it's, it's stupid. And Jamaican food, I, I grew up. I grew up loving chicken, so there is just ain't nothing like curries in Jamaica. I think, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, right. thank you for that. And, Robin, I, and I see that's why the you know really the only reason I learned to make it was because it's hard to find here. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole and and make my own curry. So yeah, thank you for taking me down that that side <laughs> Now good. I'm really that's now a, I'm really hungry. It's good. I was just gonna say, Robin's favorite food is mac and cheese from Applebee's. It's not. <laughs> it was delicious. I was gonna it say, was, clearly, clearly you guys have never been to Chili. It, it is. Don't diss on a, a mac and cheese, Dude, man. Are I don't kidding? know what it was about that apple. Like, maybe it was I, not that great. Maybe I was having like a surreal experience. I was like, maybe I was like overly tired or something. But it was fucking good. But no, my favorite, okay. my favorite right. food is is tortellini with pesto. It's Italian food. Like mm, pesto, love pesto. That's really. I had good. very simple to make. I was very simple too yeah. to make. Very simple, but as long as you use fresh organic ingredients, boom, you're good to go. As Emerald would say, <laughs> bam, <laughs> yeah, bam. Yeah. Brought to you by Whole Foods, right? Exactly. Whole paycheck, dude. Yeah. The best. Like I, every time I go to Whole Foods and try to find my pesto, it's always gone. It's always out. See? And they jacked the price like six months ago. It went from like seven eighty five or something to like ten bucks. Again, this is now, now we're going to buy my we own. Need another, we had another food, food-based podcast. It, yeah. it needs to happen. Yeah. So cooking with Welcome rock detention. Food detention. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to really go through. A, uh, we're going to blow through these. Go. go. Uh, I'm ready. It could be Randy cooking. With uh, all right. Oh my god. All <laughs> right, Steve. 
Steve Stevens, go. What was your your affiliation? Uh, we did a gig uh, it, for Nam. Um, he just put a band together to do a bunch of uh, of uh, uh, covers and originals, and it was for a, a show at Nam. And we rehearsed a bunch, and it was fucking crazy because one of the tunes he picked, I can't, don't even ask me for the like the name of it. But all I remember was there were bars of five and bars of seven, and and Steve even at one point was in rehearsal going. Why the fuck did I pick this song? But it was like super, <laughs> like super challenging. Like it was fine. Once we had it down, it was it ripped. And so right. we did a gig off site at the Nam. It wasn't at that It was like at a club, um, uh, uh, off site for Nam. So yeah, that's that was my that's my Steve Steve story. Super crazy. I mean, Wait a minute, was it at that same club where they always do the Randy Rhodes remembered? I don't know. The outside of it looked like uh like uh the Washington um uh. That that with yes. the pillar, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. great venue. It was amazing, right? Right. Cool, cool. beans. Super uh, cool. Did y'all play the Top Gun theme? <laughs> what? Did y'all play the Top Gun theme? The, no. Okay, I don't know. He played the Top guitar Gun. on it. What happened? Steve's. Correct me if I'm wrong. Steve Stevens did the Top Gun anthem. Correct. Yes, we didn't do that no. though. <laughs> okay, I was about to be so embarrassed. With, uh, Harold Faltemeyer or whatever his name is. Yeah. Okay. No. Speaking speaking of Nam, Randy, have you ever played the the John Bonham tribute? I have not. Actually, all my friends have. What? Why have I never done the Bonham tribute? I've never. I've never fa- done it either. So you know. I have some fa- my favorite Bon. Of course, I, I say my favorite. I know it's everybody's. Every drummer's favorite is Fool in the Rain, but but you know that's just like the sweetest groove ever in it's life. So good. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, crazy. Zach, back to you. And Don't we're blow. blowing. Uh, Phil X. <laughs> Don't blow. Okay. This guy, I want to be best friends with him. He seems like the coolest <laughs> mofo. Is he it is true? Co- of course he's the coolest mofo because he's from Toronto. Ah, oh, <laughs> I didn't know he was Canadian. I just, I, I watch his videos on, on, you know, the internet, yeah. and he just seems yeah. like someone you want to be best friends with. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> and he can shred, right? He's absolutely yeah, really good. And, well, what was and your... sings his ass off. Yeah. What was your affiliation with Phil? Well, I mean, Phil and I go back uh, decades and decades and decades. Like from Toronto, we played together in in, in cover bands, uh, his own cover band at one point. And then here, I've played and recorded a bunch for for um, his band, The Drills. So I've done I've done and I've toured with 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 Phil as well wow. in The Drills. So yeah, so I've done tons of stuff with him. Yeah, is it true? Yeah, I think he lives in Nashville now. Correct? He just moved back. So now he's in in California, back here. Oh, yeah. Shucks, I missed him. Yeah, looks like we'll have to take a trip to California. Uh, is yeah. he still toured with Bon Jovi? Yeah, he's Bon Jovi's guitar player. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. didn't know if he was still with him. I didn't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I he was, but yeah. Uh, last I heard, he's still still crushing that gig. Yeah. yeah dude, like they're touring coming up. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie, dudes. I'm just listening to this podcast. Just being here, like as an outsider listening in. Um, I'm so intrigued. To go back to L.A. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I love it. I'm not going to do it, Zach. I can't lie. I dig it for sure. I, I don't know, man. This is just it's crazy. All right. Hans Zimmer. Hans, Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. I, I, I the was a movie guy. A movie guy. Uh, uh, a movie guy. <laughs> you told us to remind you about this for a reason. It was really good because I wanted to tell you how, yeah. how how crazy the session got in a in a great way. Um, that I didn't expect, you know, I, I uh, was recommended to Hans uh, by one of the uh, violinists that he works with uh, um, that that knows me from the Dave Stewart camp. Um, and uh, so I got a call one day to go do a session. 
And I actually didn't know at the time what it was going to be for. When I got there, I'm not even sure I knew on the session what it was going to be for, but it ended up being the opening uh, scene to one of the uh, Spider-Man movies. The Amazing and, Spider-Man 2. Right. And, <laughs> Thanks, Robin. You know, I had <clears throat> I had a uh, 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 cartage guy, you know, in, in advance of me showing up, bring my drums and set them up, and they had done all the sound checking. So I show up at Sony Studios, and the room that I'm recording in is – where they typically record orchestras. So it's massive. It's like half a football field. Like it's ridiculously huge. And there's one drum kit and nothing. Like it's just out out there. And I walk into the session and the control room is massive and the control room is tiered like a like a cabaret theater, right? Tiered in terms of levels. And there's got to be 12 people, like rows, 3 3 4 3 of people and Hans at the at the board with his his assistant and Everybody's in front of laptops and workstations. I don't know what's happening because I'm the only musician recording that day so, or that 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 block of time, that couple of hours. And so he plays a little bit for me in the in the in the 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 studio, the control room. And it's like a sort of a upbeat, like rock kind of like, you know, and he just wants me to go out and play, just play to it. Just go out, just play. So out I go, and we do a bunch of passes where, okay, try again this time, uh, more drum fills, play more, play busier, okay, play more. So he gets a, you know, a dozen takes like that, and I'm good, I'm done, I'm done in under a half hour, and he says, uh, are, you, are you in a hurry to get out of here? And I said, no, not all. I go, okay, grab your sticks, come over to the piano, and there's a grand piano way over to the left, and I see guys running around getting mics positioned and i'm thinking like i i don't a i don't play piano and b he says bring your sticks like i i have zero idea what's going to happen so he brings me over to the piano and he sits down and he goes okay guys lift lift the lid so the grand piano that gets the lid lifted and he goes don't 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 he hits a, a key don't a note he goes can you see the hammer and I go, yeah. So he goes, you see the strings, the hammer's hitting? I go, yeah. He goes, can you play? Do you think you can lean over into the piano and play 16th notes on the on the string? And as you know, pianos, each note is three strings, right? And so in a very thin, <laughs> the hammer hits the strings. And he goes, can you see the note? Dun, dun, dun. I go, yeah. So he goes, okay, I want you to play 16th. Just straight 16th on that one note. So I'm leaning into the piano, he goes, see the note? Yeah, okay, ready. Uh, give him a click. And I start playing. And he's got his foot on the damper pedal, and he's undampening and dampening the note randomly. So it's going. And I, I get like four bars of that. And he goes, okay, great. You see the note? I go, yeah, he goes. Ready. And what he had me doing was building chords, but each note he was randomly dampening and undampening that note. By the time the chord, five, six, seven notes thick, all the dampening effect made it sound like a, a swarm of bees, but rhythmically, like, but all, the chord has this organic, bizarre, 
getting to it. And you could hear that if you listen in that theme, you can hear what sounds like the most bizarre rhythmic, like, I can't, that's the only way I can describe it. It's like a bee swarm. Like it's bizarre. And he, you know, the guy's a genius. What can I tell you? I never would have thought to, to try that. And, um, that's, that was, you know, uh, an incredible, my back was killing me, but sure. it was, it was worth it. Cause I'm bending, you know, like, you know, to do two chords, even of seven notes, each of four parts, each of each note, 16th notes, you know, I'm sure I'm, my head's in this piano for another half hour. Right. That, you know. that is unreal. That it's is so, cool. who would have thunk to done not, something not like me. that? Hans, <laughs> that's who. That's Gar. Cool. <laughs> and, and did you hear this particular thing in the movie? Yeah, it's, 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 it's mixed back, but you could, you can, I, I recognize it because I know it's in the, it's not, it's in the intro. It's the very intro, the scene where he's swinging through the, the, the streets, the very opening scene. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I'm I'm gonna find a video and I'm gonna text it to you. And yeah. if you could just give me the time code so I can go <laughs> and listen, right. that sounds incredible. Right. That kind of stuff blows my mind. You know, kind of like the the, the Beatles. You know, when it, it, when whenever they do hand claps, they wore um, rubber gloves. Right. Who would have thunk? No, I know. That it adds know. that dynamic to it. I know, I know that tonality, it's, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that stuff really, I I love that that. Thank you for telling that's that. Cool. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I'm that's sorry so for cool. my job draw. I had to cover my. <laughs> I'm very easy this to whole, impress. This whole this whole episode has just been then I'm your man. jaw dropping moments. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, back to blowing. All right. Um, that's what she said. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So Billy Ray Cyrus. Now you know our bandmate, uh, Daniel, Mr. Daniel, Daniel. Knight. Yeah. Uh, I think he's slapping a bass. With he, does no. slap it. he plays guitar. He's another multi instrumentalist. What is he like with Billy Robin. Ray? Guitar. I, oh, he's guitar mm -hmm. with Billy yeah. Ray. Okay. But what? I didn't play with Daniel with Billy when Daniel played with Billy. And Daniel, okay. Like we didn't play at the same times. Yeah. I got I got pulled in by Justin Andres, another multi instrumentalist, bass player, guitar player, great singer. And he was already working with Billy. And if my memory serves, we did one little, maybe one little gig somewhere. Um, I know we did some recording and I did a video. I did a video where he redid uh, Achy Breaky Heart hip hop. Really? And, and it was produced uh, by Damien Elliott, that same guy that had introduced me to my, my, uh, my Moscow buddies. Uh, that band, by the way, is Red Lad. One word, and um, okay. uh, so yeah, uh, Damon, not Damien, sorry, Damon. Um, uh, Damon was uh, in cahoots with Billy, and uh, so, but it was fun. Billy's such a great guy. Like within seconds of meeting him, he's like, "Where are you from?" You know, like he's always really interested in you, and like sincerely, like Dude, super cool guy to hang out with. I have never, and I know I've met multiple people that know him and or worked with him and have nothing but amazing things to say. And I, and I, and I, uh, exactly. uh, support that. I, no, I no. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. Right on, yeah. right on, dude. That's, yeah. that's crazy. Uh, okay. Wait, why are you <laughs> next gonna, up on gonna, the blow list? I was going to say what's, uh, there's a connect. Nah, dude. Okay. Nah, dude. All right, here we go. Um, Alanis Morissette. 
Last more set. Uh, in Toronto, I did uh, three days of demo recording um, at a studio downtown uh, Toronto. Uh, what was cool about this session was Alanis was just gonna do, uh, it was for songwriting, it was for her to get out ideas just to, to have them recorded. So sure. what they did was they just started running eight app machines and like those machines ran all day. So Alanis was on wow. grand piano. She was on grand piano and, and my friend Tom was on, uh, was uh, sorry, Scott was on upright bass and I was on drums. We're in three separate little areas of the studio and she would just go, okay, uh, Randy, just start a loop. And I would just, my own tempo, whatever. And she would start playing quarter, quarter note chords on the piano and just start singing, wow. like making up lyrics. And we did that, she did that. We'd take a break, we'd come back. Sometimes um, Scott would start something on bass. Sometimes she would start something. She would predict the tempo and the feel. But she would just, uh, stream of consciousness, just be singing sometimes words and sometimes just syllables, you know? Sure. And uh, it was crazy fun because that's all we did for three days straight. Yeah. Wow. What, yeah. what year was this? Uh, 1902. 1902. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was before, it was before, so it would have been, oh, it was between her first and second CD. So it was uh, right after the success of her first CD. Right on. Yeah. Do, do, do you buy any Jackie Little Pill, yeah. Okay. That was number one, yeah. Do you buy any chance of Jason Orm? Ormy? Of course, of course. Uh, Jason has played with Five for Fighting. Yeah. Did not know that. Okay, yeah. so I, yeah. I know him through Vegas. Uh, so good. In fact, world. I think in my Insta feed, if you go back a little bit and find a Five for Fighting live clip, Jason is actually the guitar player on that. Dude, clip. he is a yeah. monster, and he is a tone junkie. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, right. gosh. Love so his good. stuff. Yeah. Right yeah. on. He's, he's amazing. And a nice guy, too. Um, I want to skip down to Olivia Rodrigo, because Olivia Rodrigo. you told us a really crazy story earlier, and I think the world would needs to hear that. Uh, it's but. it's a, a, a funny story I did. Much like many of the of the credits and, 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 and recordings I do, I don't really know where they're going to land or who they're for in the first place. Sometimes songs are just written by a writer or a producer, and they haven't found a home yet. They haven't actually found a singer yet. You know, even if at the time I was playing this demo, uh, I don't think I knew who it was going to be for anyways. So I'm, I get tracks emailed to me. Uh, I make my little notes up up here, right here at this desk. Then I drive over to the studio and I, I and I do a, a bunch of takes and I email the drums off. And that happened for one of one particular demo one day. And about a year later, I'm sitting around and Noel says she has her phone she goes i think this is you this this song is this you and i go i hear her two seconds i go no it's on me i don't know she goes wait just listen again listen some more that's you i think that's you is that you i go no that's no i'm telling you that's definitely not me not me she goes look can you just check your email and type the the title of the song into your email because she knows that that if I played on a song, I would have, you know, invoiced and, and that title would be on the invoice. It would be in sure. the email subject, maybe even, who knows. Sure. Fuck, sure enough, man. 
I come upstairs, you know, and I go, I found it. It's, it's, yeah, I think I did. She goes, I told, I remember, she remembered hearing it through the speakers, the melody and the song. And, <laughs> and so I texted, I didn't want to like, even when I'd seen the title in my own email, I was like, I should text the producer. I should text the, the guy. So I text him. I go, Olivia Rodrigo, this tune. Is that me? He goes, yeah. Right, right. Great job. <laughs> that is too cool. I'm like, well, that's cool. So we, 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 we finally, you know, look down his Insta feed and he's already got a platinum award for it. So yeah, it was, it's really cool to see. So what I did was I always videotape my sessions, whether I post or not, just for posterity, just in case. And I found the video of me doing that song and I picture in picture took her video and jammed it in. And so you could see me playing to that, to that ballad. Yeah. Dude, Robin, can we put a link a link to that? Yeah, I'll, in, I'll, uh, I'll find it. Um, I believe it's actually. So I, I went and listened to it today, and I, I didn't. I didn't know this. Uh, I didn't know anything about Olivia Rodrigo, except for the few songs that I've heard from her. Sure, sure. Um, she's, if I'm correct, I may be wrong on this, but at least what iTunes makes you believe, uh, or Apple Music, she's from the High School Musical, like the series that they started. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. so, um, so that song was in the show. That's not like on like her like album. It's like a part. It's like the right, show right. Al- soundtrack. Right. Yeah, and it's a beautiful ballad. And it's I was just ballad. like, beautiful song, and she sang yeah. the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. she did. Yeah. It's great, yeah. dude. Yeah. I I just think that's so cool, man. <laughs> I, I that, that never... has not happened to me yet, and I look forward to the day. <laughs> All right, that it does. Is that All me? Right. <laughs> yeah. But, and I think it's super cool that it, I, it for those uh, Noel. I take it that is your lady, correct? Yeah, righteous. Yes. I, I I think that's so cool that she knows your style. Like, you know, I I I have a hard time with that. Like I I doubt you know we're all self depreciating in certain ways as musicians. We're like, oh, you're great. I suck. You're great. I suck. <laughs> you know, but um, she she heard it. She she not only remembered the melody of the two that's what freaks me out is that i i you know i don't remember the tv show i watched yesterday so let alone a song that you you heard once or twice over from downstairs right yeah that's true that's that's love man i like that (laughs) that's totally cool um let's see here man i i always feel like we just need to have a a part two guys let's do a part two i mean we got we we'll come back and you can go Back, you can dive back into the list, and uh, we can tell more stories about about the how and the why and the where and the whens. We'll have to get Dave and Daniel on here, and they'll have stories of, with sure. all three of y'all together. Oh my God, for sure. For do we have like that a, technology? Like a great, terrible. What idea. do you mean that we have that technology? <laughs> can, can we get two other people on the yes. screen? Like, it, we have that. Okay, dude, I don't oh, know, Mister right. No Camera for the first ten minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey, I had camera. Man. You just couldn't see it because Skype was being weird. <laughs> All right, brown paper bag special. Um, good Lord. Wow. Uh, Randy, this was a blast. I love you. I'm I so love you guys. You. And uh, thank you for being here. Thanks. Seriously. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We're going to do this Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Nice. I'm, 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 I'm down. Let's do it. Hang tight hey. for the outro. Right. And for, for for all of you who tuned in, thank you so much. 2022, we are back. Did I say that right? 2022. Yes, yes, yes. that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, get ready for a jam-packed year. We're gonna have a lot of great guests, a lot of a lot of 
past guests back on that we want to have part twos with. We're super stoked. Have a blessed week. Thanks for rocking. TJ, nice. after you. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Randy, thanks for coming on. Uh, nice I don't play. know how we're going to top play. Randy as a guest. I mean, that's how we start 2022. So <laughs> I, I don't know how we're going to get another episode oh, in, let alone you. end of the year. I don't know. But <laughs> starting on a high note, uh, nice, thanks again. And uh, cheers, guys. Love you all. Thanks. Tune in. Love you back. Over to you, Robin. Randy. We had fun in Florida, and now we had fun on a podcast. This is yeah, just, we did. We need. We all need to just go to LA and hang out. I miss you already. So, Come oh, anytime. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably gonna see you or talk to you in uh, two hours. But yeah, you uh, will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, but for those watching, thank you so much. Uh, follow us on Instagram, specifically Instagram, because that's where we tend to post the most. But um, uh, we're probably not going to be doing. Every week, we're going to try to line up as many guests as we can, but we'll, we'll if you want to know when we're, when we're going live, we're going to post that on Instagram. So please follow us there and, and uh, keep in touch with us. And if you've got suggestions for people that you want on here, please let us know because um, we want to talk to everybody. This is just fun and, 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 and everything. So, uh, yeah, But as, as for tonight, class dismissed. Is this thing still on? Uh, yes, and actually, I forgot to say, uh, for those of you wondering, the red light was <laughs> oh, on uh, my Nerf guns in the corner. They're, yes, oh, I love they're, sauce. They're Nerf guns. For none automatic. of you wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still on? I'm killing the feed right now. Okay. <laughs> My favorite Muppet.